It's happy hour, and that means we continue the tailgate with Jeff Cardozo and Zach Albaverde. Brought to you by Davis Gainesville Chevrolet and Cadillac, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators, and also in part by Sun State Federal Credit Union. Now here's Jeff and Zach on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. All right, welcome back into the tailgate. Zach and Jeff here, and we are into hour number two. Thanks to everybody who was with us in hour number one. You're listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. And uh, had a lot of conversation to be had in uh, hour number one about recruiting. Uh, And certainly we got a basketball game to get you ready for this weekend. The Gators open up SEC play tomorrow night in the O-Dome. Uh, against South Carolina. Uh, that'll be a 7 p.m. tip. Uh, South Carolina won its game on Monday against uh, Greenville, but before that has had a four-game losing skid. So this is uh, definitely a Gamecock team that's not coming in here playing its best basketball, uh, whereas Florida is playing its best basketball, coming off a three-game win streak uh, and a big win against Butler last Saturday. And uh, now we'll bring in... Voice of the Gators, Mick Hubert, to uh, get you ready for what should be a great one in the O-Dome on Saturday. Mick, welcome into the show. How's it going, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys today? Fantastic. Um, and, and before we talk basketball, Mick, we got to look back because obviously you had a really good time up in Atlanta. Always good when you win and, and tremendous calls as always. But just to, uh, to go play like that and, and finish up the year and, and do a complete 180 with the way the, the year ended last year, it had to be pretty special. Well, it really was. And, uh, you know, this, this team obviously did get better month by month, and it was great to uh, to see those guys have fun. And I know there are, there are some uh, juniors and, that are going out early, and uh, we wish them the very best in that. That's uh, obviously a, a big financial decision. But I think they're, you know, if it wasn't for the money, obviously deep down in their hearts, they, they'd love to have another year. Uh, a lot of these guys uh, would love to have another year or two to play with this coaching staff. But obviously when you uh, have a chance to make that kind of money that's floating around in pro football these days, you, you've got to do that. But, uh, you know, it was uh, it was just great to, to watch them play and, and develop. And obviously Felipe Franks probably made the biggest leap of anybody. And uh, it's a credit to him, his hard work. And the coaching. I mean, obviously, uh, Frank still has some flaws, but uh, Dan Mullen steers him away from those and keeps him in positive territory and, uh, you know, does accentuates what he can do best. And uh, that, that's good coaching. I mean, it's not what the coaches know. It's what the players can do. And you've got to kind of coach to that. And I think they did a great job this year. Yeah, and, and obviously, uh, you know, as, as that football season comes to an end, the Gators really get it rolling now with basketball, with SEC play starting. And, and as uh, – the Gators were getting revenge against Michigan on Saturday. The basketball team was also getting its revenge against Butler, uh, absolutely blasting the Bulldogs uh, 77-43. Uh, Gators jumped out of the gate with a 21-point lead. Mick, what did you think about that performance that they put on Saturday in, in their rematch? Well, I was I was astounded to, to see it for one thing, Zach. When I, you know, I left the, uh, the, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and was monitoring the game on my phone, I wasn't watching the video, 
but I was watching the score and I kept looking at the score. This is unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, then later I got back uh, a couple of days later, then watched it on video and, and watched the whole performance. And, uh, you know, that's the, the, the tough thing about this job is to have two games almost going on simultaneously. Sure. You can only do one of them. Yeah. Obviously miss perhaps uh, the, the best performance they put together all season long, missing it live. Uh, and, and, and again, you talk about the football team getting better month by month. The same has been said in these first two months for basketball. They, you know, they were four and three in November. It was a challenging schedule, and probably uh, they probably overscheduled. They probably have played uh, opponents that uh, probably one or two, maybe more than they should have. But they were four and three, and and you know could have won, uh, could have beaten Butler, probably should have beaten Butler, but they weren't ready to do that at that time over Thanksgiving. Probably should have beaten Oklahoma. But as we've seen, Oklahoma's better than people thought. They picked for eight out of ten in the Big 12. And I think they're before the Kansas game the other night, they were 11-1. and one. So Alon Kruger's got them playing pretty good. Nonetheless, the Gators could have won uh, that game as well. So four and three, and then uh, to come out and, uh, and be four and one in the month of December and, and could have been five and oh. I mean, they, they lose four points to 10th-ranked Michigan State, a game they could have won perhaps. So... Obviously, you know, eight and four, it's not what people really had wanted. Uh, and they could have scheduled maybe a little easier and got to 10 and two, but would they have been better? Yeah, the record would have been better, but would they have been better? And you know, you look at eight and four, it's exactly what they were last season after 12 games. They were eight and four going into league play. So, you know, two years ago, they went to the Elite Eight and they were nine and three after 12 games. So they're not that far off the mark. Now, obviously, this league is pretty tough. And uh, the Gators didn't get any favors because, you know, they've got to play the one game at Mississippi State. They play them just once. It's in Starkville. They play uh, Auburn once. It's at Auburn. And they've got home and home with Tennessee, home and home as always with Kentucky. So of those six games, and I point those out because those are four teams that were picked in the preseason above Florida, of those six games, four of them are on the road. So they've got their work cut out for them. That's why they've got to, they've got to get this game here tomorrow night. We're talking with the voice of the Gators, Mick Hubert, here on uh, ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. And, you know, Mick, something that uh, they, I admire about you is, you know, obviously very honest and you, you show your emotions and, and that's that's what makes you great. And, and for Mike White to do that too, like I think he's somewhat like Billy was and, you know, he calls out maybe some of the guys after that Michigan State game and I think some people even called us here and, and maybe were upset that, that he would do that to the players, but... I mean, you know him, and you know how he he knows how to coach this team. But it seems like they have responded to some of those comments. So, like when when you hear stuff like that, when when you hear that honesty from Mike White, do do you like that because it sometimes then can can bring out the best in players? Yeah, I, I think I, I I do like it, and uh, and there are ways to get on players. Uh, you know, I mean. Uh, uh, you take a look at, at, at tomorrow night, and I, and, and I like Frank Martin, but Frank Martin's coaching style is 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 very aggressive. I mean, you can pretty much do what you want. To, you know, you know, understand what I'm saying here. You pretty much can in, can call the shots when you're in practice, but you know, when you get on the when you get out in front of the public like that, it's a little it's a little tougher. Uh, you've got to kind of be a little bit more reserved. And, and, and Frank gets all his guys in public quite a bit. That's his style. He demands toughness. Yeah. Uh, Mike White demands toughness also. Billy Donovan demanded toughness. There's different ways to go about it. I, I think um, Billy had no problem uh, correcting his players. And, in fact, you know, if I hadn't seen a practice and 
something didn't go the way Billy wanted, Billy would tell me before we start the pregame interview, he'd say, Mick, ask me about so-and-so because I want to make a point. I, you know, I've already talked to him about it, so I, I want to tell you about this. And so, you know, I really, really appreciated Billy for that, and Mike's been very much the same way because, you know, I mean, if, if I didn't see something, I might not have known about it. Mm-hmm. But Billy wanted me to be aware of what was happening, and he might say you know, I'm just I'm just throwing out a name, and it just it just to say say Al Horford. Al Al Horford was a model citizen, but let's say you might say Mick Al Horford's not going to start tonight because he was late to shoot around. Now that never happened. That's just a that's just a hypothetical case. But I, you know, I wouldn't know that. And uh, Billy said I'm, I'm, he's not going to start. He's going to probably play 35 minutes. But he's not going to start. And so I said, oh, I really appreciate that. And he goes, yeah, ask me about that. You know, a lot of times a coach will tell you in confidence something, but they say, I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, Billy would say, you know, you know, ask me about it, and I do want to talk about it. Hmm. So he had no problem with that. And, and Mike Wyatt obviously called out his players after not diving on the floor for loose balls, and, and they underwent, uh, you know, the, to this day. I was at practice this afternoon, and they're diving on balls, and they're diving on loose hmm. balls. I mean, they're getting after it. And that, and, I, and I've heard other people say, in, in like uh, the game day shooter and other announcers, that, you know, other TV announcers have said, Wow, yeah, you don't see teams diving on the floor for loose balls during a game day shoot around, but that's kind of what they needed to do, and I think they have responded from that. And you know, this is a basketball team that still has its flaws, uh, but you know, they are they are getting better, they are developing chemistry, and uh, and you know, well, I'm excited to see what, what's going to happen here in this SEC. Uh, January and February stretch, but it is a tough league. But I think you know the Gators are coming on, and you know the Ken Palm number. You know a lot of people follow Ken Palm, and they, they, he's got Florida rated 18th. Uh, the big number, and don't ask me, Jeff, to explain this. I can explain batting average to ERA, <laughs> but I can't, I can't explain the NET, the net, the NCAA net is what they're using for NCAA rankings. And the Gators are number 33. About a month ago, they were like 83. Well, now they're 33rd in that respect. Uh, I have no idea how they figure it out. I just know that uh, a lot of it's uh, who you beat and where you beat them and, and those kinds of things. And obviously, when you beat a good team, you want that good team to go out and beat other opponents because that helps your strength of schedule. Those are some of the components of that. So, uh, you know, this team has been uh, somewhat frustrating to people, but, but it is getting better. And uh, it, it's being held in a higher esteem by the so-called experts uh, outside of Gainesville and maybe some of those people who – uh, have our head, you know, so close to it we can't always see uh, clearly. Definitely, and, and obviously, Mick, you know, this is such a uh, key, you know, time when it comes to football for recruiting. And when you think about basketball and the recruiting that Mike Wyke has been been doing, and you see, you know, these freshmen on the floor and the way that they're coming along, you know, as the Gators get ready to go into conference play. How key is it for those guys to continue to develop and and and, and you know always kind of look as that bright spot for the future that Mike White has with this team. Well, I think everyone, uh, Zach, has been really impressed with the newcomers. I mean, you take a look at what Andrew Nimhart is doing and playing about 30 minutes a game. I think he's in the top 15 in the league in minutes played for a true freshman. And when he's not on the floor, it, it, the offense has suffered. So he's handing out about six assists a game. He's fifth in the league in assists. He's fifth in the league in assists to turnover ratio, so he's not turning the ball over. Uh, he's just, just doing a really good job. And Noah Locke is proving that he's a very fine shooter, but he's a better player than just being a catch-and-shoot guy. I mean, his his intensity and his defensive efforts have been really good. So the last three games, he's averaged 15 points per game. He's shooting 50% from the arc in these last three games. Made 13 in the last 26. 
from downtown. So uh, that's pretty good as a freshman also. And Deontay Johnson, a guy with unlimited ability, and, of course, a 41-inch vertical leap doesn't hurt anything either. And as he learns to play at a higher level, uh, he's going to get better and better. I mean, he's already been impressive. And, you know, the monster dunks he's had this year, including the one at the end of the Butler game, is uh, people go, oh, my goodness, look at that. You know, so uh, if they can get Isaiah Stokes to uh, to play a little bit harder, practice a little bit harder, because he certainly has the, the skill set, I think, to help this team. You know, at 6'8 and 270, he needs to probably lose another 15 or 20 pounds, but he's probably lost 30 already. So uh, he's obviously an offensive talent. He just needs to uh, understand the defensive end a little bit more. So he's a guy that can help. I think Dante Bassett's improved from the year ago, and uh, – you know, it, 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 and I, 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 I'd like to think also, guys, that uh, Jalen Hudson's mm-hmm. turned the corner a little bit. He's he's averaged twelve and a half points his last two games, and I think he's five for eleven from the arc the last two games. So maybe he's coming out of it. And and uh, and Kayvon Allen the last six games averaged almost thirteen points a game. So I, I think he definitely has, has, has turned the corner. Kayvon Allen last year in these two games against South Carolina scored forty one points. He had twenty six in. Uh, in uh, the the one game, and then he had uh, 15 in in in, this, in, in the other. Uh, so he, in the last two, I'm talking about the last two times they played in the O'Connell Center. So he he, he scored really well against South Carolina in the, in the O'Connell Center against South Carolina. So uh, hopefully these guys are getting getting it going. And, and Keystone had a had a season high of 12 points the last game against Butler as well. And Kavarius Hayes continues to play with a motor. Kavarius Hayes, by the way, don't look now, but he's hit 10 of his last 11 shots. Mm. Not a big offensive scorer, but uh, he's shooting 70% from the field. So uh, I like this team right now, and yet uh, they're chasing some pretty good pretty good guys, pretty good teams in this league. Um, you know, and pretty good has always been what Frank Martin is at South Carolina. Of course, remember a couple of years ago, and you know, probably a guy that I wish you wouldn't say his name is all is Chris Silva, a guy that gives everybody nightmares. But it's it's not a South Carolina team that that is, I, I think, what maybe people expected. So why why have they struggled? Anything you you've seen numbers wise, why they're not been as good? Well, I, I think they've had a lot of injuries uh, for one thing. Uh, you know, they, they, they have a, a kid named Justin Manaya who's 6'5", about 220, you know, an undersized wing player. And he's missed the last seven games with a knee injury he got right after Thanksgiving. Uh, they brought in a freshman point guard, T.J. Moss. He, he suffered a high ankle sprain right before Christmas. He's missed the last couple of games. Uh, the last game they played, they had another player, another freshman, Alonzo Frink, had a high ankle sprain. I don't know if he's ready to play tomorrow night or not. So they've had some injuries. They're starting a couple of freshmen. A kid from Winter Haven, by the way, and Keyshawn Bryant, uh, and uh, he's six six and about two hundred pounds. He's playing one of the wing spots, a left hander. And then they've got another freshman, uh, like the Gators do, from from uh, Ontario, Canada, and AJ Lawson, who is uh, playing pretty well. He's averaging about fourteen points a game. But as you mentioned, this team is built around Chris Silva. And he has been a tremendous player in four years. It seemed like he's been there about six or seven. Oh, yeah. He, he scored almost 1,200 points. He's got over 700 rebounds. Uh, he, he's taken 648 free throws in his career. So mm. he constantly is on the free throw line. In their last game, he was 8 for 8 at the line. So there's a big kid that can block shots. going to be a pro. But he was a, he's a pretty good free throw shooter. So you got to keep Silva off the line tomorrow. You can't let him get anchored down there and, 
and go to the line 10 or 12 times. And, and he's had big games in his career against Florida. I know in the O'Connell Center last year at 18 points, 12 rebounds. So uh, he, he's really a really good player that the Gators have to deal with tomorrow. He's 6'9", about 235. You know, Mick, the, there hasn't been a Gator that's that's had a twenty point game this year. That's I don't know if that's weird or odd or what. And, I, and maybe we expected Hudson to be that guy or or even Kayvon. But I mean, it, you saw that last game; they had five guys in double yeah. figures, and they were all kind of same yeah, same right range. Around. So is is that you know, do you, do you like that? Do you like that there's not just one guy day in and day out being being the man, or would you rather see somebody maybe take it over? Well, I, I really, I, I would like to see, uh, uh, you know, three or four guys in double figures. Sure. I don't know. You, you need to have eight, 17 or 18 points for a game from your leading scorer. But I sit here and think that going to conference play in January to have one player in double figures at, at Cabon Allen 10.3 is a little bit unusual for sure. For a team that is eight and four and for a team that is uh, considered to be one of the top teams in in basketball, really. I mean, obviously, it's not a top ten team, but it's a, it's a, it's a team that, uh, by a lot of metrics, is certainly in the top forty. So, you know, when you're talking about three hundred thirty, three hundred fifty type teams, you know, uh, not many of them are going to have just one guy in double figures. Noah Locke is at nine point four, and as I mentioned, his numbers are rising. Uh, it is interesting because when you look at Hudson and Allen, both their career highs are thirty five point games. Hudson did it against Gonzaga in Portland last year, and Allen did it against Wisconsin at the Garden in the in the tournament two years ago. And uh, Allen's got 19 against West Virginia for a high, and DeAndre Ballard has a career high at 19. So nobody with 20. And, uh, you know, we're, the scoring is coming up, but it's just 71 points a game, which is 13th in the league, so it's next to the bottom. Uh, this team is, is getting better on offense, but – you know, the staple of this team is the defense, and that's probably what's always going to be the same this year. And here's an interesting note, too, about the defense. They've held every opponent this year well below their season scoring average. In fact, they've done it by an average of 19.5 points a game. Wow. Now, to give you a perspective, South Carolina is averaging 74 points. So that means the Gators would have to hit around 55 points allowed tomorrow. Uh, you know, to do it, they're giving up 59.8. So it's not inconceivable that they can get close to that 19 point per game average tomorrow. Uh, they've done that to everybody. Uh, you know, and that's why they're uh, 12th in the nation in scoring defense. They're leading the league in defending the three point shot, less than 30% made by opponents. So uh, that that's what they've got to do. They've got to get after it defensively and, and play as a five man unit because they're not a great rebounding team. They're not a they're not an exceptional shot blocking team, but collectively they can get after it and defend, and that's what they've got to do. And and uh, you know they, they've got to continue that and get a little better on the offensive side. And obviously, uh, kind of mystifying, they've got to get better free throwing. They were they were seventy two percent last year, uh, and this year they're just under sixty five percent. They're dead last in the league at the foul shooting spot. So. You know, the old saying is free throws don't win you every game. They just win you the close games. So, <laughs> you know, you, you can be 8 for 15 in a game, you're up 30. But you're 8 for 15, you're in a one-possession game, yeah, you're, you're looking at trouble. You certainly are. Well, this, this football season wasn't trouble. And, and since we started with football, end with football. And just sure. your thoughts on, on Dan Mullen, the, the impact that he did coming in here. I, I know he was tremendous to work with and, and all the things that he was able to do. But... You know, you were here during the the heydays and uh, of Spurrier, and and certainly saw a lot of great things. But to to see this program come back and and get ten wins in year one, 
it just it seems like the sky's the limit for this group. Yeah, and you know, you look, you reflect back upon it, and you know, a year ago, 10, 12 months ago, and I, I think a lot of people thought the Gators could win eight games, and, and maybe if things went right, could have won nine. Uh, and I think you, you you stop at nine because you're just looking about you're just thinking about twelve game schedule. You're not thinking about a bowl game, but obviously when you get to nine and you're going to play in the bowl, then you think, yeah, yeah, ten's possible, and that's certainly what what happened. So for this group largely to be the same from a year ago to go four and seven, and then to cap off a ten and three and and beat a team that's the winningest team in college football in Michigan and having never beaten them before, uh, it, it was it was obvious the Gators were ready to play. And then they have all the guys show up and say they're going to play, and then have veterans play like they did as leaders like they did. Uh, it was that's a compliment to the to the players uh, along the line how they felt for one another. It's also a great respect shown to the coaching staff. And so uh, that all started really over a year ago when, when Dan took over in December and said, you guys rest up now and get ready for January. It was going to be the toughest January you guys have ever had. And I think they, they found out it was, and I think they realized it paid dividends for them. And uh, now it may be a difficult January again because they're going to ratchet it up a little bit, you know. I mean, the bar has been raised. so But they know what they're getting into, and they have – they have great respect, and they they, they saw all, uh, the coaching the coaching uh, uh, moves made within games and the strategy and the adjustments that were made, and you know I, you just couldn't ask for anything more. And, and for Dan to have been even when we lost the back to back games to Georgia and Missouri, uh, Dan never changed his demeanor. He didn't get surly, you know. He didn't pout. And he didn't snap at people. He was a positive guy, high energy, and it rubbed off on everybody. And so. Uh, it's 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 real positive, and uh, it's been a while. I mean, when you take a look at where this team finished at, at 427 yards a game, that, that, that's, uh, I think, 47th nationally, coming off of, what, 110. Uh, and then to get 35 points a game, uh, you know, both the, uh, the, uh, the scoring and the total yards is the best Florida has had since the 2009 season. So that kind of gives you an idea of the success that we had and uh you know it's been nine long years and so that's why people are are embracing this and cherishing this and it's going to be exciting in spring and summer here obviously the expectations go up a little bit for next year well mick you don't even get uh nine minutes off it seems like always working and uh it'll be fun to uh to get back in the o'connell center tomorrow look forward to seeing you as the uh the boys start off the sec play and uh we'll still see how it goes so mick thank you for the time as always guys thank you my pleasure the Thanks, voice Mick. of the Gators, Mick Hubert, joining us here on the Titan MRI Hotline. At Titan MRI, you'll go to the only locally owned and operated imaging center in town. If you don't have any insurance, not a problem either. They just want to get you in there. Whatever time works best for you, they've even got same-day scheduling. So when you need an MRI, call Titan. Call them up. Start feeling better today. Got to get a break. We'll come back, get the phone calls back to you, 392 8255 if you want to talk to the Zach Albaverde on the tailgate.